Welcome to My Bible Study, a verse-by-verse devotional study through the Bible with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. In this unique series, Pastor Bob takes you through the Bible just a few verses at a time. No preaching, just a simple Bible reading with examples and explanations of the meaning behind the scriptures. My Bible study will take you from Genesis chapter 1 all the way through the book of Revelation. Now, here is Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Let's start. We didn't read yet uh, in verse 24, but the point I'm getting to right now is verse 26. So we'll read, begin reading Genesis chapter 1, verse 24, down through 26. God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle, creeping things, the beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind, cattle after their kind, everything that creeped upon the earth after his kind. God saw it was good. And God said, now in verse 26, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Let us make man in our image, our likeness, so that man may rule over all of creation. And so God created his precious mankind, both male and female, contained in one being, one man, Adam, and in the very image of God. The very image of God. And then he made Adam sleep. He took out a rib and from that created Eve. And think about how unique that is. The one bone in the body that will recreate itself. A rib. Out of the bottom of the rib cage. So Adam wasn't missing anything. And God's creation, Eve, because it had Adam's DNA, would be the absolute 100% perfect match for Adam. Now you talk about kids needing organs and things like that, you know, people needing heart transplants, and they have to have a match, right? Bone marrow transplants, they have to have a match. Eve was a perfect match for Adam. And both of them were the spitting image of God in their own right, right? He crowned them. I mean, they were perfect, perfect in every sense. And then he crowned them with his image of his own glory. Praise God. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Hallelujah. Animals needed fur and feathers and all that. Not God's man. He was covered with God's own glory. That's all his man ever needed. Amen. And having created the ultimate object of his love, God then gave them the opportunity to have the same joy in caring for something as much as he has. God gave them the joy and the privilege of caring for the rest of his creation and to allow them to multiply and fill the earth with little created beings that look just like him, just like Adam and Eve and God. And these spirit-filled beings would fill the earth. He said, be fruitful and multiply. 
Increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds and, and the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. That was in verse 28. Praise the Lord. I, I still want to go back and cover verse 27. We, I'm so excited about days because man is here. That's where we are. Praise God. We, we left off of verse 26. Verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created him, male and female he created them, and blessed them. The blessing brings everything you need. The blessing brings multiplication. He said, Be fruitful and multiply. Praise God. Be fruitful and multiply. Hallelujah. Replenish the earth. Wait a minute. What do you mean that? Replenish the earth. I thought everything was in the earth. He created the seed within itself of every, you know, the, the plants had their own seed within themselves, so it continued to grow in abundance. You know, this earth, remember back in verse 1, it was all void, darkness was on the face of the deep. We, we study how that meant chaos, no order to things, and God created this little garden where he's going to put mankind. He wanted to show that God's love would multiply. He didn't have to come in and just wipe everything out and start all over with everything perfect in the earth. Man was here. His provision was here in the Garden of Eden. And from there, as they multiplied, they would have to move out of the garden and he would subdue everything. His mankind, mankind and their offspring would subdue everything around them, until the whole earth was known as the Garden of Eden. Praise God. He's, God blessed them, said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the face of the earth. Praise the Lord. Mankind could now share God's caring love with all other things in creation, animals, plants, everything, birds, fish. By doing so, they would be showing love and thanks to God, while also giving glory to God for everything that he had created and everything that he had done. Amen? You see, ultimately, God knew Jesus, the Son of God, third part of the Trinity here, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that Jesus was going to come to this earth to rule and reign over everything. God the Father is a spirit, but he wanted a physical body so he could interact with his creation. God the Son is that body, a member of the Trinity. And this was going to be God's presence on this earth so God could interact physically with all his creation. Mankind was created in God's image so they could be in God's presence on this earth as well as spiritually connected to God as, as well. We were created, we were created to be God's family. You know, I love my kids, I love my grandkids. I don't have to be physically present with them. They know I love them, I know they love me, right? We don't have to be in the same room 24 hours a day. Matter of fact, sometimes that lends to... Uh, animosity, you know, like, okay, uh, you know, but be blessed, be fruitful and multiply, go, 
replenish the earth. Right? I'm not saying that was God's purpose, uh, but I'm saying that's what we boil it down to. But the point I'm trying to make is they know that I'm just one phone call away. I know if I need anything, they are one phone call away. God and his man, spiritually connected. They love one another. Prayer is that phone call. You can talk to God anytime you want, praise the Lord. Amen? Anyway, we were to live in perfect peace and harmony with all the birds, the animals, the plants, the fish, everything. There was no death. There was no corruption. There were no thorns, no thistles, or anything like that. Animals were all vegetarians. They didn't eat each other. There was no death of any kind. Well, if you eat a plant, it dies, but it replenishes itself. The plant itself never dies. Well, perhaps you notice things are different today. Animals kill other animals. Animals kill people. People kill animals. People kill people, right? That's exactly what God is trying to reveal to us here by telling us about the beginning of his creation, about his creating work. That perfect existence, that perfect creation has now been lost because the first two human beings, Adam and Eve, the first two human beings God created in his image, put them in a perfect environment and told and blessed them with the ability to procreate be blessed and multiply with the mission of going out of this garden and subduing the earth. Those two first human beings, with that blessing, decided to disobey God. And that's what brought sin into this world and immediately started corrupting the whole thing. And you can read that over in Genesis chapter 3, and we'll get into that. We'll, we'll get there. We're taking our time here as we go verse by verse through the Bible. But they lost the image of God, and therefore they became spiritually disconnected from God. And they passed that new sinful image to all of us and all of creation as well. And you can read that in Genesis chapter 5. Even the Apostle Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 5. So something needed to be done to fix what was now broken. God is the only one who could do it. God needed to step in. Prayerfully, thankfully, he did just that. He made a promise. A promise to Adam and a promise to Eve. A promise to all of us. A promise to all of creation, the heavens and the stars and everything. A promise to Satan. God made a promise to Satan. What did he promise? He promised there was a Savior coming. Praise the Lord. There was a Savior that is going to come and, and overcome all of this mess and destroy the work of the one who tempted them to sin in the first place. Praise God. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good, folks. Hallelujah. The fulfillment of that promise is the focus of the rest of God's word. Now, we haven't gotten to the fall yet. Okay, I, I'm so excited about this because this just makes everything line up. Hallelujah. Perfection. God's man created right here. Praise the Lord. It was perfect. Everything was perfect. 
And then Satan comes in and just plants a seed of doubt, which Eve grabbed onto. When she took a bite out of that forbidden fruit, Adam noticed she didn't die. Huh, maybe God is lying to us. Then he ate, and that's all it took, right? The two of them in agreement. The two of them in agreement with the devil. Disobeying God in agreement. The power of agreement. And all of creation was now cursed by God. But he had a plan to get it back. And that plan was named Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It reveals that Jesus, our Savior, eventually came and won our salvation for us. He did that so we could be restored into a relationship once again with God the Father. Hallelujah. Now, there are some folks who think evolution is a fact. Yes, it is a fact. But notice they have yet to produce the original of anything. You think that they'd be able to find an original of something. There are no fossils of the first plant. There are no fossils of the first dog or anything like that. Why? Because it's not biblical. If it's not biblical, it is not a fact. For the sake of preserving the truth and the, and the importance of that promise, it's important to preserve the truth of what led to that promise. Therefore, it's good to make mention of what some Christians do with the creation account of Genesis that we've been studying. Christians will do some of this. Some Christians combine the six days of creation and the theory of evolution into one theory by viewing the days of creation as very long periods of time. I mean, after all, there is no time with God. So therefore... One day with God could be a billion years at a time. Doesn't the Bible say so? A thousand years with God is as one day. Well, okay. If a thousand years with God's one day and it took him six days for creation, how old's the earth? Einstein? Six thousand years? Max. Not fifteen billion, four hundred billion, or whatever the case may be. Right? Well, we have proof. That's how old some rocks are. Really? What kind of proof you got? It is scientific fact. Really? As I previously explained, God shows us there were six normal 24-hour days. And you cannot combine the theory of evolution with the six days of creation because the theory of evolution contradicts God's entire plan for our salvation. Wait, wait a minute. How does it contradict it, Brother Bob? Jesus fulfilled it all. Does it matter if it took six billion years or six days? Jesus is still the answer. You're mixing muddy water with clear water, and what do you get? It's still going to be dirty water, right? All right. If other species evolved into human beings, Think about this. If we climbed out of uh, some cesspool that some genes somehow got together and, and formed 
an amoeba that became a fish that decided to crawl out of that slime pit and became a creepy crawly thing on the earth and, and then that evolved into an animal that somehow evolved into a man and there was no Adam and Eve. No Adam and Eve, the first two human beings. If there was no Adam and Eve and what the scientists say is actually what happened, then there was no fall into sin. Think about that. That means death and destruction have existed from before the earth even was. You see where we're going with this now. If the Big Bang created the universe, and over the course of hundreds of billions of years, this molten mass became the earth, and perhaps a comet hit the, the molten mass and shot off a little projectile and ended up becoming the moon, right? And then somehow, some way, and this little molten mass over another billion or so years, water somehow developed. And over a few more billion years, this cesspool that we talked about somehow developed and, and maybe a lightning bolt or something sparks some life into this cesspool. And, and over the next couple of billion years, somehow that creepy crawly thing came out. And over a few hundred billion years, here we are today. If that's the case, then there was no fall into sin because death and destruction reigned from even before the earth was formed. That means there was no temptation. There was no falling into sin. Then there was nothing that brought death into the world because it was already here. Which means if it was already here, then God had always intended for death to serve as the final thing, as the driving force for everything to evolve from one species to another. Now, the problem there is really quite simple and yet huge. God never intended for things to die. When he created man, man was to live forever, just like he is. Praise the Lord. Death is a result of sin, a choice of sin, period. The Bible is very clear. That's what brought death into this world. That's the whole reason Jesus had to overcome death. Jesus came to this earth to live a sinless life, to show that it can be done even in the midst of perversion and death and cursing. Jesus still, could still live a perfect life. Then he offered that life as a sacrifice to God the Father in behalf of fallen mankind, saying, Father, please forgive them. They don't know what they're doing down here. And then chose to die and then raised back from the dead proving death is not the final answer. Praise the Lord. Oh, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. He came to die for our sin, for all sin, to do away with death, pain, sadness, and everything. Amen. Thank you for joining Pastor Bob as he leads you verse by verse through the Bible in this series called My Bible Study. We pray this study will bring you closer to God and reveal His Word and His will for you through the Scriptures. We would consider it an honor and a blessing if you would support this outreach with your financial offerings. 
we have partnered with Patreon to offer you unique gifts and benefits for various levels of giving. Please visit our page on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash my Bible study podcast, all one word. That link again is patreon.com forward slash my Bible study podcast, all one word. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.